Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Great to be with you on a Friday night, man. We got a busy Friday night. We got Sweet 16 going on tonight. Four games of note. The last one, and thankfully it's the last one too, because then I can just focus on it. Um, Hurricanes get to play tonight. You get a chance to advance to the Elite Eight. That never happens, man. You have to understand that Like when I was in school there, we went like two years without even winning a conference game. It was brutal. So cool to see, but I'm really enjoying it. A lot of good upsets yesterday. Uh, obviously, looking forward to the four games that we have on the schedule tonight. Uh, also looking forward to a lot of baseball talk here. In fact, we're going to do tons of it uh, in the show, as you would imagine. Uh, I got a lot of Cardinal stuff right here out of the gate. Uh, we're going to hear from Mark Mulder a little bit later on in the show. Next hour, uh, I had a conversation about him. He He's involved in a cool thing that we'll talk about. Like They're doing a... Um, a, a what do you call it? A, uh, they used to call it the Senior PGA Tour, the Legends Tour. They're doing a, a Legends Tour event that's going to include amateurs like Mark Mulder and John Smoltz and a lot of other celebrities too. Like they're going to be competing together. It's going to be interesting. I'll let him tell you about it uh, a little bit later on. But we'll also talk a bit about his former teammates too. Uh, Mulder <laughs> got to play with a young Adam Wainwright and a youngish Yadier Molina when he was a member of the Cards. When when Mulder was and. Those guys are still going. It's crazy that, like, if I'm if I'm doing the math right, like, Wayno's only, like, four years younger than Mulder, but Mulder's been out of the game for a decade. And that was because of injuries. He obviously could have gone a lot longer if not for the shoulder problems. But anyway, we'll talk to Mark Mulder coming up in the next hour. Let's start with uh, a little bit of what's going on in spring training. Good news is that we haven't had any more Cardinals injuries to worry about since we talked about this last week when we found out that Alex Reyes and uh, Jack Flaherty we're going to be shut down for a while. Uh, turns out, by the way, today after the game against the Nationals, the Cardinals uh, sent out a, an announcement. They placed uh, Alex Reyes on the 60-day injured list, uh, which is 
no big deal. That's a procedural thing because they had already told us he's going to be out till late May or early June. And this will be retroactive to essentially the first spring training game. So it won't have to mean 60 full days into the regular season. Anyway, um, that was to make room for Aaron Brooks to go on the 40-man roster. So they brought Brooks in uh, from the KBL. And uh, he's had a couple of interesting outings here in the spring. And we're looking forward to seeing how he fits. Now, keep in mind, too, that early in the year, there's going to be, a you know, in the first month, in April, there's going to be a 28-man roster, which is going to mean 14 pitchers. And that's partly what I want to get into a little bit in the next segment. Um, we're going to talk a bit about the bullpen because Derek Gould had a really good piece um, with with Ali Marmol's take on how they're going to construct the pen, how they're going to use uh, the various pieces that they have. And I want to get into that in some more detail. Uh, but that's kind of the tease there. But the the move is... You know, simply clearing a roster spot on the 40-man by putting uh, by putting uh, Alex Reyes on the 60-day injured list. That's really all it is. And that gave them the room to put Aaron Brooks on the roster in case they want to take him north. Um, and, of course, today we saw Drew Verhagen pitch. And, you know, his. I'll tell you what, I, I'm not predicting anything big for, for Drew Verhagen. It's too early. Haven't seen enough of him. He got the start today against the Nationals. Uh, it was supposed to be Michaelis, but they pitched Miles on the backfields today. I heard uh, John and Rick talking about it. He went four innings, which is good. You got that pitch count up, so he should be ready uh, for opening day with a couple more starts down in, down in uh, in Florida. But Drew Verhagen was interesting today. I mean, he gave up. He made he made one pitch that got hit a really long way. Um, he gave up a home run to Riley Adams, who hit. I mean, hit the ball well, well, well out of the ballpark. Um, in the, I believe it was, yeah, it was the third inning off Verhagen. And then he gave up another one to Cesar Hernandez. So that one inning gave up a couple of home runs. But overall, showed stuff again. And that's what's interesting to me about Verhagen. I, I don't know that we can have a set of expectations just yet. Um, you know, the, the, what we can do is just look at what is measurable. And what's measurable is it just what what's the velocity how's the how's the breaking ball break what assortment of pitches are you using things along those lines and you know when you looked at it his first time out Verhagen was 94 to 96 really good looking breaking ball good curveball that had tight spin to it and we saw some more of that we saw some more of that today um he got Nelson Cruz uh swinging in the first inning three pitch strikeout and you know, he was all, all over the strike zone. And by that, I mean, he went up and in, he went away, he went down and in, and used obviously used location off speed to to take advantage of a, of a pretty good hitter there. Now, Washington didn't have a great lineup today. They had, they had, a, they had major leaguers, though. I mean, Cesar Hernandez, Alcides Escobar, Nelson Cruz, and that was about it. Well, they had Gerardo Parra, too, but he's a bench player at this point in his career. Um, but Verhagen is, is in a position where he can probably make a case not today, but with a couple more good outings, make a case for a crack at that fifth spot in, in the rotation while Jack Flaherty is on the injured list. Uh, and the same thing will be true, perhaps for Aaron Brooks, who, who's you know a starter by trade and now has been added to the 40-man. Same will be true for Jake Woodford. And uh, I'll be interested to see kind of what that competition looks like over these next, you know, it's not quite two weeks. You know, we're... Uh, it was two weeks yesterday. So in the next 13 days, we'll get a chance to sort out 
who who is a, who are the candidates for that. And they have a lot of ways they can be creative about it too because they're going to have a 14-man staff. So that fifth starter doesn't necessarily need to be somebody that you're going to ask to go out there and throw six innings. It can be somebody that's going to throw three or four, and then you can follow that guy with someone else that can come out and throw two or three. So it's an area where you can be creative. And that's where I want to go next with the Cardinals. I want to talk about creativity. I want to talk about kind of how they're going to deploy this pitching staff, but more more specifically the bullpen. You know, with the starters that are healthy, the guys that you're counting on, Wainwright, Michaelis, Hudson, and Mats, I think you know what you're expecting there. They're going to expect Wainwright, Michaelis, and Hudson to give them innings. I mean, th- those are guys that are built for going out there and going six or seven innings on normal days. And, you know, obviously they're they're all capable of the eight or nine on occasional day. Uh, Steven Matz is not usually super deep into games, but I think they can count on him for five or six. And then we get interesting again with that fifth spot right now. We don't know who it's going to be. You know, Woodford is the best candidate who was here last year, but I mentioned Verhagen and Brooks. And now you have the really big bullpen. We know you're going to have a nine-man bullpen to start the year. How are they planning to deploy their relievers? I'm going to let you hear a little bit of what Ali Marmol told to Derek Gould, and we're kind of we're going to kind of kick it around and discuss next up here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, let's talk relief pitching since we got a little, uh, I don't want to say a breakdown, but certainly a really good bit of insight on the Cardinals' bullpen plans. And I know that 
This is not, you know, Ali Marmol is not, it's not the first time that he's talked about it. But he had a really interesting piece uh, Derek Gould did, I should say, today where they talk about the concept of the closer, the concept of how they want to be creative with the bullpen. They don't want to get caught up in being predictable. They don't want to get caught up in having to follow a formula. Uh, so they're not naming a closer. And, you know, again, Ali Marmol is talking about situations, which, again, makes sense. Also, I should point out, Tampa Bay's been doing this and having success with it, and they do it in the postseason. They do it in the regular season. It's not a crazy thing, but it is difficult to break away from tradition because traditional baseball here in the last 30, 40, 50 years says that you know having a guy in the ninth inning that you know is your lockdown guy is an important thing for a contending team. And most teams that have won World Series have done so in part with a guy at the back end of the game that can truly dominate. But I want to say this. The Cardinals have won two World Series without a big-name closer getting the job done in big games in the postseason. 2006, it wound up being Adam Wainwright, but that certainly wasn't the design, right? They were going to have, they had Jason Isringhausen, who was the traditional established veteran closer. But as the season went along, of course, Izzy had injuries, and that opened the door for Wainwright to get an opportunity. And he obviously did. Now, he was, you know, a guy that wasn't quote unquote a closer, but certainly did that job. You look at 2011, Jason Mott wasn't the closer all season long. He was their best reliever for a lot of the year, but he wasn't used in that role until later on and into the postseason. Now, what we're talking about now, though, is even different than those situations. It's not about being flexible with who's going to pitch the ninth inning, which the Cardinals have been many times in the past. It's much more about taking, it's much more about attacking leverage. So the way that, you know, this is described by, by Ali Marmol. He's like, Hey, look, this, the game might be on the line in the seventh inning. So the guy that's our best reliever might go there in that spot. And and the Cardinals best reliever, I think we all would agree coming back into this season is Giovanni Gallegos. And here's what, what Ali Marmol told Derek Gould. He said, I want our best guy throwing in the highest leverage situations. And if that means we believe the game can be decided in the seventh because of where we are in the lineup and who's on base, then that's where our best pitcher should stop the game. If that's the eighth, it's the eighth. And if that lines up the highest leverage in the ninth, then it's the ninth. But it's a good point because, and, and it's hard to do this though. In, in theory, it makes all the sense in the world. And I agree with the theory. In practice, you have a few other complications to consider. One of them is not being afraid of criticism. Because when when it becomes more about situations, and I'm going to give a tip of the cap uh, to my friend Bernie Miklas, scoopswithdannymack.com today, he did a, a bits column and he wrote about this at the beginning, and he's right, that when the manager isn't going by a formula, and he's going based on matchups and you know his read on the situation, he's opening himself up to more criticism. If you have a set plan and you're like, okay, Cabrera's our eighth, seventh inning guy, and let's say Hicks is our eighth inning guy, and Gallegos is our closer. 
you can follow that step by step and follow the 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 uh, the uh, what do you call it uh, game plan. And if it goes wrong, you can say, "Hey, look, we've been doing this all year. It's worked. Just didn't work today." Where if you're gonna be going kind of situation by situation, game by game, you are opening up those questions to be about your tactics. And what I like about this, assuming they kind of roll with it, I like that that Ollie doesn't seem to care about that. <laughs> and you should it shouldn't be the worry. That has nothing to do with well, whether you're criticized or not means nothing. If I come out the day after a loss and I'm like, well, I wouldn't have used that guy in the seventh inning, which I'm probably going to do because we all do that, right? And I say we, I mean baseball fans. We all watch the game. We manage along in our own heads. And if things don't match up with what we think we do, well, then we ask those questions, whether it's on the air or texting with buddies or on Twitter or whatever. We all do that. If you're a baseball fan, you play that game. We all do. That's part of the fun. But I like the idea of understanding that, hey, there's no game to save in the ninth if you blow it in the seventh. Right? I mean, if you're in the seventh inning and you got a one-run lead, runners on first and second, nobody out, and you're just going to go with somebody other than your best, you might be down three or four runs by the time you get to the ninth, and it won't matter if you saved your closer for the ninth. But you guys need to you need to steal yourself a little bit. You need to prepare yourself a little bit. Because there will be games, just like there are games when a traditional closer blows the game, right? Alex Reyes was an all-star closer last year and in the second half blew games because got into a funk where he couldn't throw strikes and it was hard to get himself out of it. So you're gonna have that when you're using multiple people too, and you gotta fight the initial instinct to say well, if you would have just saved Gallegos, you wouldn't have blown the game in the ninth. Well, a, you don't know that. And B, you might not have had a lead to get to the ninth inning anyway. So I'm going to be really curious about that. But that's that's the, the idea. How does that idea play out with the personnel that you have? Well, this is the question. And to me, what we don't know yet, because we haven't seen them in games yet, we don't know yet what Ryan Helsley is going to look like early in the year. We don't know yet what Jordan Hicks is going to look like early in the year. And those are both guys that have the stuff to pitch anywhere late in a game. I mean, they, they, you know, they, these are guys with elite arms. But we haven't seen it yet. You know, guys like Whitgren and TJ McFarland, those guys fall into the more traditional setup role. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an advantageous set of matchups for either of those. I mentioned this with Whitgren when, when the Cardinals signed him. Even last year with a high ERA, he was pretty dominant against right-handed hitters. So is it really the end of the world if you got three right-handers due up in the ninth inning and he's the guy out there getting the save? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a big problem. But here's what the question becomes. Number one, we got to see who's healthy. You know, because if Hicks and, and Helsley are healthy, you've got those two guys with Gallegos and Cabrera and Cody Whitley. Those are your stuff guys. Those are your guys that can go out there and bring 95 to 100 miles an hour and get swings and misses. And while Gallegos isn't one of those 100-mile-an-hour guys, he certainly throws 94, 95, and he certainly strikes people out. So those are your guys that you would think of traditionally in those roles. Guys that throw hard, guys that get strikeouts. And then you have others. You have Nick Whitgren, who doesn't throw as hard, who does throw strikes, 
but it's probably best used against right-handers. You got TJ McFarland. Again, doesn't throw hard. Probably not the guy you would think of traditionally late in a game. And then you throw in the others that are candidates now, depending on who ends up in the rotation, right? Jake Woodford could be either or, right? The fifth starter or in the bullpen. Uh, Drew Verhagen could be either or. And I know that Verhagen's kind of intriguing. Um, and and here's what, here's what intrigues me about him, but not as a starter. I'm more intrigued about him as a reliever at this point. That doesn't mean that's the way it's going to go, and it doesn't mean that my my gut feeling here is correct. But what I've seen in two outings in spring training is very small sample size. But what I've seen is stuff that will play in the pen. 94 to 96 with a swing and miss breaking ball. Yeah, that'll work. And maybe even as like a two-inning guy, maybe he's the guy that comes in and gives you the sixth and the seventh inning or the seventh and the eighth inning or the eighth and the ninth inning. Again, if, if he's not in the rotation, right? But I've been impressed with what he has in terms of pitches. Um, the fastball plays, man, that's 94 to 96 with some life. That curveball is really good. Uh, I don't remember. I, I feel terrible about this. I don't remember who posted it, and I don't remember the exact number. But the spin rate on his curveball that we saw in the first spring training outing would have ranked him like one of the best in the National League last year. So if he can, re- if he's if he's spinning it like that on a regular basis, those two pitches alone can be really good weapons for a guy in the bullpen. But that said, I mean he he's been a starter. He was a starter in Japan last year. Um, I know that he would like to start. Everybody that that is a big league pitcher that has starting in their background would like that to be the case. But beginning of the year, you're going to have nine guys in your bullpen. If you're looking at it from a from a common sense standpoint, I mean, it's Gallegos, Cabrera, Helsley, Whitgren, McFarland, um, either Verhagen or Woodford. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that one of them starts and the other one will be in the pen. Cody Whitley's gonna be there. At this point, it sure looks like Aaron Brooks is gonna be there. They put him on the 40 man roster for a reason. And obviously, Jordan Hicks will be there, assuming he's not injured. So if he's if he's healthy. And he's been throwing. He just hasn't gotten in a game yet. Then he's going to be there too. And that means there's even room for one more, right? So you Gallegos, Cabrera, Helsley, Whitgren, McFarland, Verhagen, or Woodford, one or the other. Cody Whitley, that makes seven. Brooks would make eight. And then Hicks would make nine. And other candidates would be like Junior Fernandez. Junior's going to have to start throwing a lot more strikes before I think he's going to get too many you know, opportunities there. You know, a guy like Oviedo, same kind of idea, and he might be better off starting in the minor leagues anyway. But what you can see is the depth there so that early in the year, you don't have to put too much on starters. You don't have to ask your fifth starter to go out there and try to do too much, and you can play those matchups. But I think we can figure out the guys that will be that seventh, eighth, ninth inning group. Gallegos, Cabrera, Helsley, probably Hicks, probably Whitley. And I, again, I'm going to go back to this. I'm really interested to see if Verhagen fits in that too, if he's not going to be able to win that fifth spot outright, because he's got the stuff to get some swings and misses, both with the curveball and the fastball. So we'll keep an eye on that and look forward to seeing how it plays, man. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a great theory. A lot of teams have started the year with that idea and then gravitated towards more of an old school ninth inning approach. And we'll see. It's one of the interesting questions 
uh, about watching Ali Marmol in his first year that we're going to have answered here in the not-too-distant future. All right, it's that time in spring. Lineup talk. Lineup talk. Oh, I like lineup talk. I'm not going to go too crazy on this, but I do want to talk about lineup in theory. Like, what what's more important at the top of the order? Speed, energy, on base percentage. What, you know, how do you want to structure? I know this. What the Cardinals found last year was that clustering Goldschmidt, O'Neal, and Arenado together, those three together, really helped make the offense work. So I think we're going to assume that those three are going to be grouped together, two, three, four, probably the same order that they were last year because it worked really good. And Goldie's really good at getting on base. And he's a good base runner too, by the way. I know he's a big dude and he plays first, but Goldie can run. And he runs the base as well, not just with speed, but his his instincts, his understanding of base running, he does a great job. So then what are we doing in the leadoff spot? How are we following those three guys that look like they'll be together? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Other two, three, and four. We'll get into that next up on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the D.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, a little more baseball here. I want you to hear a bit from Craig Berube in the next segment. He talked after practice this morning about the team's play of late and what he wants to see more. I want you to hear that here in a few minutes. Uh, Next hour, we got more baseball. We'll talk to Mark Mulder uh, about both golf and baseball. He's going to be a part of a pretty cool uh, golf event coming up and we'll have him explain all of that to you but it's going to be uh, the Legends Tour players with celebrities uh, playing in the same event so that'll be pretty cool uh, so that's what we got coming up I want to do lineup talk right now just a few minutes of it I don't want to get over the top on this because lineup talk can only last so long in the radio before it gets old but what I, what I want to get to is kind of how do you maximize production what were we talking about last segment we we're talking about how do you get the most out of your bullpen without being traditional without um, you know, worrying about who pitches when, but trying to get outs with your best pitchers in the most difficult spots. Well, to me, lineup construction is a similar concept in that you want to group your best players together as close to the top of the order as you can. Because then, because the closer you are to the top, the more times you come to the plate, not only in the game, but over the course of every month, over the course of the season. So, if you have a player in the in, at the top of the order, for example, and let's use Tommy Edmond in this case, who's a really nice player, but probably isn't going to have numbers that are going to look as good as Dylan Carlson's at the end of the year, maybe you'd be better off with Dylan Carlson at the top, especially when you look at that on base percentage. And, you know, look, Tommy can get better at these things, and I don't want to rule him out because I love, I love the energy that he brings. He, you know, he hits a lot of extra base hits, a lot of doubles. He can swipe a bag switch hitter. There are a lot of things to like about Tommy Edmond at the top of the order. The one you don't like is the on-base percentage. And in in my world, OBP is what matters the most at the top of the order. I mean, the more times you're on base over the course of 162 games, 
the more runs you're going to score. And when we look at at Edmund from last year, you know, the 308 on base percentage not going to cut it. Like that 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 has to be if if you're going to hit at the very top, you need to be at least in the 330s, 340s. 340s good. You need to be at least in the 330s, I think, if you're going to hit there every day. Now, here's the other interesting part, though. Just like Ali Marmol talked about the bullpen and being flexible and all that, well, he's had similar comments over the course of his time since being named manager where he's had said some of the same things about the offense, where it's not always going to be the same lineup. You know, you're going to play regardless of what the matchup reasons are. It could be left versus right, can be fastball pitcher versus a breaking ball pitcher, Whatever reasons you can have, you could certainly come up with different lineup construction. That's another thing I'm really interested to take a look at. And I really liked what it looked like today at the top of the order. It was Dylan Carlson in the leadoff spot, followed by Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado, and then Corey Dickerson in the in the number five spot. And it's funny, Tom Ackerman, by the way, has a great column on this at KMOX.com if you want to look at some of his thoughts on lineups and things along those lines on how these players can work best together. Uh, and one of the things we were texting yesterday when he was writing that, and he said, what's your lineup? And the, the lineup I sent back to him, like would be my preferred lineup. The top five looked exactly like it did today, not knowing that Ollie was going to do this today, but I like the Carlson in the leadoff spot thing. I like a guy that's got a good, good on base skill. I like having a guy with danger like Carlson home run danger in front of Paul Goldschmidt. They're going to have to throw you strikes. They don't want to you know, be too careful with you and then have a runner on base via walk in front of Paul Goldschmidt. I think it can lead to more good pitches to hit. So you might remember that Tony La Russa used to talk about damage in the two-hole, and he liked Chris Duncan there for a long time, and he had Jim Edmonds there for a while. He tried various things to have a damage hitter in the two-spot, in part because hitting in front of Albert was going to give you an opportunity to get more strikes, to get more fastballs, to be honest. Now, pitching's a little different now than it used to be. You don't always get fastballs in fastball counts or fastball situations, but you are going to be, they're, they're going to be more aggressive with you, and I like that idea for Dylan Carlson because he's going to hit home runs. But anyway, I, I'm not married to it. This is not a, you know, you must do it my way or else. Just that that's what I prefer and now that you can have a DH in the lineup, we can have that DH, whether it's Corey Dickerson or Lars Nootbaar, if he if he earns the job, or Juan Yepes, if he earns the job, they can bat right there in the middle. And then after that, you can play hot hands. I actually like the idea, guys, of Harrison Bader moving up in the order this year. Like in my ideal lineup today, just today, knowing what we know and going with the known commodity at DH as opposed to the unknown commodities that still have to earn a job. I would go Carlson, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Arenado, followed by Dickerson. And then I would have Bader hitting sixth. And then after that, let's see. I, I might be happy with a guy like Yachty in the seventh spot there. And then depending on, you know, who's the shortstop, maybe it's DeYoung or Sosa. I love Tommy Edmond. I love Tommy Edmond in a spot at the bottom of the order where when he does get on base with that speed, he's right there for the top of the order to turn it around and have your top hitters coming up. But I know we're going to see a million combinations, so I'm not going to get married to it. Just thought it would be interesting to build off of today because today was more of the look that I was talking about with Tom via text yesterday. All right, coming up next, we'll hear a little bit from Craig Berube. Blues didn't look great last night. Let's be honest. Did not look great. 
And Craig Bruby talked about it after practice this morning. We'll get some of his thoughts next up on KMOX. Come back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, we're going to get back to baseball next hour. Uh, I want to finish this hour with a little bit on the Blues. And, uh, yeah, I would agree with anybody that says it's not a panic situation when it comes to the Blues. I mean, they're not falling apart or anything. But games got a little loose here lately, and now – Nashville and Dallas are creeping up on you. Now, you're only a point from second place in the division, but it's getting tight in the Central Division. And even, you know, you know Vegas has been uh, – I'm not sorry, Vegas. Uh, Edmonton's been playing well here lately. They've climbed the ranks. So the West is tight. It's not like you're guaranteed anything, but I do still think they're in a good position. But they do need to be better. And that's something that Craig Berube talked a bit about today in good detail after the morning skate. Uh, not just talking about – You'll hear a good part of this at the end, but not just talking about his leaders being better, but really asking the same thing from everybody here at the beginning, talking a bit about what he'd like to see more of the team, generally speaking. Yeah, it seems like we, you know, play certain opponents. It seems unpredictable at times, you know. I think that record speaks for itself that we talked about. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's something that obviously needs to change. Falk was talking yesterday about just this team needs to be more boring. Yeah, boring, but just predictable, I think, more than anything, like from from game to game. I think, um, you know, like I said, you put that Washington game together, it's really a 60-minute, like, really good game in a, in a tough building against a good opponent mm-hmm. that's been playing really good hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, then we come home and we, we go out in the first period and, you know, don't have much to really – uh, anything positive out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Not a very good period. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, you know, where this team's at a little bit. Craig, do some of these guys, uh, you're getting into the games now where you're probably going to be looking at 2-1, to 3-2 to two kind of games. Do some of these guys just have to get comfortable playing those yeah, kinds of games? Yeah, for sure, I think, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. You're not going to score four goals all the time, and you got to win 2-1, two, 3-2. It's That's really the league. When it, well, this time of year, for sure. We didn't get a chance to get into it last night, but Cairo on the bench the last 14 and a half minutes. What did you not mm-hmm. see last night? What are you not seeing in general from him? Just him using his assets to the best of his ability more than anything, his speed and um, attacking, um, doing things with the puck. You know, he's just, you know, he's just not engaged enough. That's the bottom line. He was in Washington. I thought he had a good game. He skated and competed and worked. Um, last game was just he didn't reload hard. He didn't um, didn't use his speed. Didn't attack. You know, so he's got to he's got to be more consistent that way. You he's think pr- taking away that ice time. Do you think he gets the message? Or should we talk to him too? Yeah. No, I left him alone today. I think he realizes it. Um, you know, I think he'll respond and have a good game tomorrow. That's what I that's what I believe. He's probably not the only one, but. A couple of conversations you had with guys on the ice yeah, there. Is that just kind of filters with everybody? Yes, for sure. You know, and so um, that's just part of the job, right? You gotta keep working and keep uh, banging away, keep talking to people, trying to, you know, get to a level that's needed to, you know, make a real good push here, and then obviously a good push in the playoffs. 
Is there any Butch Nevich, like probably since the game at the New York Rangers, it's, it's just has been struggling since then. There's occasional games in there, but mm-hmm. more. He does a lot of good things still, even though he may not be producing. I think, you know, he's, he's a very smart player, good defensively, he has a great stick and killing penalties and things like that. And, uh, you know, players all go through this confidence thing because they're not producing, right? So he just needs to be more direct. He needs to, he can get more pucks than that. He can just, you know, and he, like I told him, confidence will come. You just got to work your way out of it. You got to work. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line. So. Um, you know, a player like himself, he takes it personally. He's not very happy right now with himself, and uh, he wants to help more and do more. And sometimes when you try to do too much, you do less, you know. Just simplify your game and make sure you're working and doing the right things and be, you know, be more direct, shoot more pucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets too cute. With a guy like Barbashev, is his tenacity, does that bring out the other branches of quality in his Big game? Big part of our team, even when we won, we all know Barbie, how he, play, he can play the game. With um, you know his forecheck and ability and a physical play and things like that really drives I think believe uh, drives our team. It did back then. I believe it does now. So again, he he can he has the capabilities of doing that, and uh, that's what we need from him. Does he feel like maybe his role has kind of changed because well, there I, has been yeah, offensive no, uptick no. there? No, no, it has changed to a certain extent, but it doesn't mean he can't still do that stuff. You know, yeah, he's producing for us. He's done a great job. He's in you know very power play and. He's an all he's an all situational player right now, uh, for us. And uh, but that doesn't mean that he can't bring that other stuff that we need. Greg, you know, a lot of times when there's reoccurring issues, slow starts, lack of intensity, stuff like that, you know, people on the outside say that speaks to the leadership. You got a ton of faith in your leadership group. Do you yeah. believe that speaks to the leadership in the seniors? Well, I, yeah, I, I guess I I think it's you know the attitude. Craig Berube from a little earlier today. We'll talk a little more blues at the top of the hour and then back to baseball on KMOX. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.